is Tuesday, February 11th, 2020, and you are tuned into Dirt Tracker Daily. Welcome to the show. I uh, hope everybody had a good Monday. Um, I wanted to mention this yesterday, but I forgot. I had some issues with the video and I'm su- surprised nobody called me out on this, but uh, had some issues with the video and the audio syncing up. I think I have that figured out now. So uh, if you notice any other issues with the show, the podcast or the video stuff, let me know and I'll uh, get that fixed because I know that stuff drives me crazy. Uh, I wanted to, to take a look at uh, one of the or a couple of the drivers that have made the move from dirt to asphalt competition this year. Um, New Smyrna Speedway is kicked up right now going on around Speed Weeks uh, down in Daytona and um, Geo Selzy and Holly Holland are in action down there. The uh, Arca East race uh, was last night. But Gio Selzy ran a late model race over the weekend. He picked up a win uh, at New Smyrna in a pro late model. So great to see him having early success. Um, he is running the full Arca West schedule for Bill McAnally in that famous 16 car. Holly Holland also running that. Uh, Gio finished uh, 13 last night um, in his Arca debut. Uh, Holly Holland was behind him. She was in 15th. Um, crazy race last night. I, I looked at some of the highlights and, and saw some of the stuff on Twitter. So. Um, a, lot, a lot of crashing up front. It was good to see Gio just bring that car home in one piece, um, which is what you want for a young driver early on in his career. So uh, looking forward to see more of what Gio can do in the stock car world. Uh, taking a look at the c- closing out night of Dirt Car Nationals for the UMP Modifieds, uh, $5,000 on the line, Big Gator Championship. All of the big guys, obviously, that have been there all week uh, involved in this one. They draw for starting positions, which kind of changes the game a little bit. Nick Hoffman's been super fast all week. He drew the 10 pill, so he had a long way to come from the back. Uh, early on, David Stremme, Kyle Strickler caught up in a wreck. Uh, Stremme was okay. He just had a little bit of body damage. Strickler's nose was pushed up underneath it. He ended up having a pit to try to do something about it. Basically took him out of the race. Um, Jason Hughes, Spencer Hughes, they ran up front for most of the day. Um, a lot of drama late between those two. The two swapped the lead with only a few laps left. Jason led most of the way, but Spencer caught him in traffic, took the lead. Spencer then jumped the cushion uh, and let Jason get back by, um, but a late caution on the like the last lap. Literally, Jason was coming to the checkered as the caution flag uh, waved. Um, uh, basically killed his momentum. Um, Spencer was able to roll by him uh, on the top, coming to the white flag on the subsequent restart and drove away to win. Uh, Spencer was so excited about winning, he forgot to roll over the scales after the race. He just came straight to victory lane. Uh, so they sat there for a minute and tried to figure out what the heck was going on, and then they had to call him back to the scales uh, to make sure he was legal, uh, which was pretty funny. But uh, good for him. He won a Big Gator Trophy and $5,000. Nick Hoffman, uh, he ended up finishing fifth, even with a little bit of nose damage he had from late in the race. Um, but he clinched the week-long points for the UMP Modifieds. Um, again, with the week he had, not surprising to see that happen. Moving over to the dirt car late models, I wanted to show something really quick. If you're watching this on video, I'm going to show. A, I'm going to pull an image up really fast. Let's see if this works. So Tyler Bruning last night, he crashes um, on the front stretch, has quite a bit of damage to his late model. They used two tow trucks to pull his Rector race car out of the field. They got one hooked up to the back. They got one hooked up to the front. They kind of cradled it. One tow truck driver driving forward, one tow truck driver driving backwards, and they drove it all the way around one and two and out the back stretch. Uh, so shout out to the Volusia crew. Haven't seen that one before. Pretty uh, pretty neat and pretty good coordination between those guys to uh, to get that car towed out and, and get that done. Um, 
Uh, let me get back, back to my notes here. Brandon Shepard dominated the feature. Um, he started outside pole, but took the lead immediately. Um, continuing his momentum, he was, um, I mean, fast all all race long. Nobody really had anything for him. There was good racing behind him, though. Chris Madden, Brian Shirley, Tim McCready, Mark White, and a couple other guys uh, really kind of battled it out over those laps, you know, for that second and third on uh, spots on back. Uh, Brian Shirley did end up second with Dennis Erb third, McCre- Tim McCready fourth, Mark Whitener in fifth. Uh, the Dirk Carlay medals are back in action on two. Tuesday night. Uh, great to see Volusia done by 10 o'clock. Two full shows, late models and modifieds, done by 10 p.m. Uh, I know Tom Deary and the folks at Volusia are super happy about getting that done. Uh, if you can hear behind me, if there's a little bit of noise, it's pouring at my house right now. So if that's a little bit loud behind me, that's why. Um, the All-Stars were at East Bay Raceway Park last night. Very different watching the late models get around that racetrack versus the sprint cars. It seems like the, the late models really... Um, they're they're able to get around there. It's just I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's just a very different race to watch with the late models there versus the sprint cars. The sprint cars really feel like it feels like a much smaller racetrack for the sprint cars, and I don't know if it's just the speed difference or what it is. But those guys really had to kind of hustle their cars around. But Aaron Reitzel, man, he was fast all night long. Um, didn't start up front. Started sixth uh, in that feature and was literally leading by lap two. He he just banged the boards right around the top. Just drove around everybody. Made a couple of crazy moves um, and drove up to the front and basically rolled away to win. No, nobody really had anything for him. There was really good racing behind him. I said that same thing about the dirt car late model feature, but um, he was definitely the fastest car all night. He picked up his 27th All-Star win over Ian Madsen, Corey Elias, and Tony Stewart, and Chad Kemenaw. Um, they were on a one-division program, just sprint cars, but they were also done before 9.30. So great to see uh, series and, and tracks getting some programs done uh, w- without uh, going super late into the night. Pretty cool to see that. The All-Stars are back in action uh, Tuesday night at East Bay again. So both shows, Volusia still going on, East Bay still going on. So make sure you check those out. Um, In kind of keeping up with the theme that I started last week, I had started pulling up some numbers about the importance of qualifying well in the Outlaw format. And another thing that I like is the that I or that I'm interested in is kind of plus-minus that kind of where you start and where you finish um, in certain races. Um, and kind of how that affects your night. Obviously, we saw that Sweet was, you, you know, really good at, at qualifying well and, and starting up front. And obviously, that led to, you know, a lot of his success over the course of the season. But I wanted to take a look at plus minus and just see, you know, which guys were were really good in that. And, and I know Brent Marks, he was the season-long hard charger. Um, but actually, in looking at the numbers, um, the guy with the most feature passes all season was Logan Schuhart. Um, he actually passed 221 cars. Um, and, and it's probably, you know, it's more or less than that, but that's basically the difference between his starting position and his finishing position in a feature. So Logan Schuhart, number one last year, um, in plus minus 221 positions different from the start of the race to the end of the race. Brent Marks was second, um, even though he won the hard charger, he had 182. Sheldon Hoddenshield, uh, 150 positions different. Um, shots, uh, you know, uh, obviously not surprising to see him here. Um, I mentioned that on the show last week is, is he actually had a little bit less uh, are a little bit worse qualifying and starting positions than Sweet did, but he tried to make up for it by passing a lot more cars in the feature, so not surprising to see him up here. And then fifth on that list is Shane Stewart. He had 107 positions different from start to finish. Um, I also looked at the heat races and the dash. Uh, in heat races, Donnie Schatz, uh, your 
kind of the top of that list uh, of plus minus. He advanced 44 positions in heat races uh, over the course of the season. Brent Marks, again, right back up there, uh, 36 positions gained. Sweet, 32 positions gained. Um, he was third. Carson Macedo, fourth, 29 positions gained. And then Logan Schuhart, 23 positions gained. Obviously, that heat race, uh, any advancement in, uh, advancements in that heat race are key because that could put you in a dash. That could put you in a better spot in the feature, you know, if, you, if you're outside the dash. Or it could be the difference between you transferring from or, you know, being in the feature versus being in a B or a C main over the course of the night. So obviously moving up in that heat race is important. Um, and then in the dash itself, that dash, you know, sets that front part of the field. So any positions you can gain and, and with the dash being set by a draw, um, obviously you want to grab any positions you can in that dash to try to set you up for a better feature. Uh, Donnie Schatz uh, advancing most positions in the dash. He grabbed 23 spots over the course of the season in the dash to help his case. Uh, Darren Pittman was second. He grabbed 22 spots. Uh, Carson Macedo was third on this list with 20 spots. Um, and then Shane Stewart uh, grabbed nine spots and Logan Schuhart grabbed seven spots. Logan appears three times, uh, or actually on all three lists here, uh, feature, heat race, and dash. So if those guys can find a way to qualify a little bit better, you know, we saw it this weekend at, at or this week at Volusia where, you know, he ran up front quite a bit, you know, was able to win a feature, finished second in another one, I think finished fifth in the other outlaw feature. Uh, that's probably why he's trailing Brad Sweet by only two points right now. But if they can keep that up over the course of the season, plus with the, you know, the way he's able to pass cars, uh, might be a very, very strong year for Logan Schuhart here. Um, so some cool numbers to take a look at. I just wanted to share those a little bit. Um, and I was working last night actually on trying to get some of the year stuff done. It's going to be a little more complicated than I than I had thought, so I have to rework some of my pages a little bit to get the year stuff to work out how I want. Um, let's get a look at the daily pay-per-view schedule. Um, like I said before, East Bay Raceway Park for the Winter Nationals um, going on for the All-Star Circuit of Champions. That is available on Flow Racing uh, tonight and Volusia Speedway Park, Dirt Car Nationals, night two of the late models. That's on Dirt Vision. Also tonight, Super Dirt Car Series Big Block Modifieds, they move in to start their week of racing at Dirt Car Nationals. So a little bit different look to that event here now going on. Tonight is the last Dirt Car late model event and then World of Outlaws late models take over tomorrow night and go through the weekend. So still lots of racing to come all week long from Volusia. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, and then we'll talk about this a little bit later on the week too, but the USAC national sprint cars will get in action over the weekend. Also um, wanted to mention, I'm doing a show today, doing a show tomorrow, and one Thursday. I will not do a show Friday as I will be in Daytona for my other work. Um, so if you are expecting a show Friday, I apologize for that. We will be back on Monday following Daytona with a new episode of Dirt Tracker Daily. Um, again, short and sweet today. I don't want to take up a ton of your guys' time in the morning. Um, if you're getting a chance to maybe you know listen to this while you're riding to work, I don't want to make these you know 30, 40, 50 minutes, something like that. You know some of the other longer shows. I want to keep it short and sweet. Uh, give you your kind of nuggets of of information for the day, get you caught up on the action uh, for the night before and get you on your way. So hopefully everybody has a good Tuesday. Um, thanks for tuning in. You can find Dirt Tracker Daily on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. Please subscribe. Leave me a review. That uh, definitely helps in, in letting other people find out about the show. Tell your friends. Um, if you'd like to watch the show, you can do that on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, 
I don't have the YouTube uh, URL yet, so as soon as I have a cool YouTube URL, hopefully I'll get youtube.com slash dirttracker. I don't have that right now. The quickest way to, to find that is just to go to dirttracker.com slash daily and click the YouTube link there. Um, but you can find me facebook.com slash dirttracker, twitter.com slash dirttracker, um, besides dirttracker.com, D-I-R-T-R-A-C-K-R.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Justin underscore Fiedler, um, and check out that uh, Dirt, Car Week- or Dirt Tracker Weekly newsletter. Sign up. That is on the site right now if you would like to get an email from me. Um, thanks for tuning in. I will see you guys tomorrow on Dirt Tracker Daily. Mm-hmm.